Okay, so yesterday we learned about the Great Waters and how the the financial concerns that we have, which are representation of the waters that came from the earth, and the communal responsibilities that we have, which are representation of the waters that come from heaven, are they not meant to uh, disturb us from going into the ark? And the word ark means the words of Torah and prayer. And we have to focus on those on the, what's really important. And we also touched on the idea of how uh, creation happens every single moment. And when we think about how everything in the world doesn't have any intrinsic uh, existence, it's only here because God wills it to be here every moment. So then we need to define what is important by by the true reality. The true reality is Hashem, and Hashem wills the world into existence every moment only in order to make a home for Himself in this lowest realm. So if that is the case, then it would make sense to say that uh, the uh, yardstick we should use to dis- determine what is what what is important for me to do right now, it has to be, I have to measure that against the yardstick of what will bring Hashem's dream, so to speak, into fruition? What will cause Hashem's uh, plan to happen? So, despite all the different concerns that everyone has, still the Torah tells us, Despite whatever is going on, Hashem tells us, go into the ark. Go into the ark, go into the words of prayer, words of Torah. Now, in this talk, the second talk of this Fabringen, uh, Rebbe, which is also edited, by the way, not my translation, but the Rebbe's original words are edited, the Rebbe then goes on to another point, and that is that God didn't just tell Noah to bring himself into the ark. He also told Noah to bring his family in the ark. So what that means is that we're not supposed to just seclude ourselves with the words of Torah and prayer and not, be, not care about what happens with another person and say, I save myself, Torah tells us you should go to the ark, you and your children and your wife and the ch- wives of your children. And the word children is a reference to your students. And what that means by extension is all the Jewish people. And that is included, everyone in the Jewish people is included in either the category of your wife or your students because the idea of a wife means someone, the Kabbalah of a wife, Kabbalah of a woman is, as opposed to a, the masculine energy, which is about giving, the Kabbalah, the feminine energy, is about receiving. So every Jew is a recipient of another Jew, because all the Jewish people are like one body. And therefore this, uh, Rebbe doesn't speak at length in this talk, but in other discussions about this, Rebbe mentioned how in every limb of the body, um, there is something that each limb contributes and no other limb has. So therefore, I may be in the category of the heads of the tribes, let's say, but that doesn't mean that I can get anywhere without my feet. So everyone, no matter how, if you, even if you consider yourself the heads of the tribe, you still are a recipient from every other Jew. We're all, we all receive from each other. And so the Torah says, go into the ark also with your wife. That means go in, you have to bring into the, you have to influence all the Jewish people that they should go into the words of Torah and prayer. Don't just go into the words of Torah and prayer yourself. Bring every Jew in there as well. Even, even before the Torah was given, it was possible for people to have, make that mistake and say, oh, I just need to save myself. 
even before the Torah was given, God still told Noah, you got to bring your wife and your children and your, and your children's wives there as well. Especially after the Torah was given, when there was a pact that all the Jewish people made with each other in the plains of Moab, that will be responsible for each other. So much so that Allah says that I'm allowed to make a blessing for you, even though I've already discharged my obligation for that mitzvah, because I haven't really finished this mitzvah yet, because you haven't done it. So I'm considered responsible for your, for your mitzvah, and I could say a bracha for you. So certainly I can't be satisfied with myself and taking care of myself, What's going on with someone else, the Rebbe says, has to touch me with truth and inwardly. To really, truly care about what's going on with another person, with another Jew. And just like in a human body, as we said, that the Jewish sheep are compared to the human body, the health of one limb is connected with the health of another, so is this with the Jewish people. The spiritual health of one Jew touches another Jew, and automatically if something's missing by someone else, that means that it, it's missing by you as well. So when a person says that, uh, when the Rebbe says, I'm sorry, that we have to go and help others Jews, it shouldn't be, as uh, Shmuel Flate used to say when he would observe uh, someone putting on film with someone, uh, he would say, Langezund, uh, used to say, uh, I don't know if he's, he still kept the same jokes in Florida, but chances are he has. Uh, uh, I'm going to stamp your Lubavitch card. You're good for another 30 days. You fulfill your obligation. You put on film with someone. You're con- still, still considered a member of this exclusive Lubavitch club. And I'm going to stamp your card. So you shouldn't try to influence others to fulfill your obligation. But it, you have to be into it. As Rebbe Rashab famously said, just like it is a positive mitzvah upon every single Jew without differentiating between one, the greatest, the great, and the lowest, and the simple, simple person, every single Jew has an obligation equal to the obligation of putting on tefillin to think at least a half hour about the education of his children and do whatever he can do, and even more than he can do, to affect his children that they should go in the way that he is trying to educate them in. So, and at first glance... Why did Rebbe Rasha mention specifically the mitzvah of tefillin? Just like it's a mitzvah, but on tefillin he said, that so too must you think about the education of your children every day for a half hour. Uh, by the way, I, I saw Rabbi Zelikson uh, in his comments in the Hayom Yom where this is quoted, he says that half, a half hour doesn't mean literally a half hour, it means a, um, a, 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 it means a, a, a serious amount of time, a small serious amount of time. That's how he interprets the word half hour. They're not, not to be taken literally. Um, but um, I'm sure there's no... I should, I, 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 there's, there, are, there are definitely there's definitely room for more interpretations of it. And the simple translation probably uh, would do us a lot better than being discharging our obligation to think about our, our families for uh, less time. Anyways, so why did the Rashab say it's equal to the midst of putting on tefillin specifically? So one of the things that he was alluding to with this was that the mitzvah of putting on tefillin is not only a physical mitzvah, but it has a deeper meaning. And the deeper meaning of tefillin is that when you put on tefillin, you're supposed to be like a soldier and giving yourself over to your mission, put your tefillin on next to your heart, next to your mind, 
and devoting all the, to yourself to Hashem that you're going to use all your thoughts and feelings for the sake of what Hashem wants you to do. So it's something which is very deep. Putting on tefillin is a very deep thing. You, put, you could put on tefillin externally, but the real meaning of putting on tefillin is to dedicate your heart and mind to God. So to, uh, and that's clear in the Code of Jewish Law and especially how the Altar explains this in Tanya. So too, when we talk about your influence on your family, you shouldn't just do this because you want to fulfill your obligation, okay, I did what I have to do, but you have to put your heart and mind into it. So when you're not satisfied with yourself, but you're involved in, in and not just involved, but involved with a real dedication to help another Jew and to save another Jew from the treacherous waters of the flood, and to try to bring them into the ark, to bring them into the words of Torah and prayer, then you could be certain about yourself as well. Then, only then, can you be certain that you're going to be okay too. In other words, saving another person isn't just about them, it's about you. Um, why is that? Why is it true that in order for me to be certain that, that about my own security, must I be concerned about you? So the answer is like this. It, for everything you do, you need to have assistance from Hashem. So, think about Noah entering the ark. He entered the ark, he did whatever he could. But in order to close that door, to close the door of the ark, the Torah says, God closed the door. So even if I'm going to enter in the words of Torah and prayer, but I'm going to go into this with my own power, it could be that things won't be the way they're supposed to be. Like the Gemara says about the destruction of the temple, the Gemara says that the reason the temple was destroyed was because they didn't bless God before they studied the Torah. What that means is that they weren't conscious of the giver of the Torah. They studied the Torah, but they didn't really get what Torah was about. Torah isn't about information. And that's why, um, uh, I don't know if we touched on this uh, last week, Baruch Hashem Simchas Torah is a day that puts everything into a, a better perspective, but um, the, the words of the Gemara are very precise. The Gemara says they didn't bless God first. So the literal meaning of that is, is that um, they didn't um, say the bracha before they learned the Torah. But it has a deeper meaning as well. Um, they also were aware, those Jews living in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, were also aware that the Torah has deeper meaning. They also were aware that this, is, that this is the wisdom and the will of God. And they said to themselves, that's nice, but we're satisfied with learning the Torah superficially. We don't have to go to the deeper meaning of the Torah. We're just going to learn the external, the information in the Torah. So that's the meaning of the words. We, they didn't bless God first. They thought, we'll get to God later. We're just going to go on info right now. We're going to go into the information of Torah. That will keep us busy. That's sufficient. We're not going to go into the heebie-jeebie stuff. We're not going to go into the deeper spiritual meaning of, the, of everything. That, that, that's something we'll put off for later. So that's incorrect, and that's why the Gemara says you have to bless God first, which doesn't only mean that you have to say the bracha first, it means that your fundamental perspective of what Torah is about is not the information of Torah. And that's why, just like we have to say the bracha every morning before we study Torah, also in the, in the macro, in, in the year, the first thing we do with the Torah is we dance with it. The first thing you do with Torah is you have to know what you're doing. It's not information, it's godliness. And you're connecting with Hashem. Therefore, the first thing that Torah is about is Simchas Torah, dancing with the Torah. Once you have Simchas Torah, okay, so then you have to actually understand, you have to actually bring that into yourself internally and, and understand the Torah. Before you get to understanding the Torah, you have to say the bracha. What is the bracha? Blessed to you, Lord our God, who gives us the Torah. 
And we say that bracha in the present tense. No sein ha-Torah. That means that I'm receiving this right now from Hashem. And if I don't say the bracha, that means, what that means spiritually means I'm forgetting about. I may say the actual words of the bracha, but missing out on the bracha spiritually means not being aware, not being conscious of the giver, the giver of the Torah. So just like Noah needed to have some Hashem to close the door behind him, so too in your Torah study, it's the, the God factor is, is, is there's, there's a centricity to that. And same is also in regards to davening. It could be you could daven, but you may not feel what you're doing. And it may not affect anything in your life that it should be the way it's supposed to. The main intent of going into the ark, going into the words of davening, is not just, just to stay in the ark, but to go out afterwards into the world and make the world a home for Hashem. But in order to, in order to enter the ark in a successful way so that my exit from the ark should actually impact the rest of my day, I need to go into the ark, in, I need to daven in such a way that while I'm davening, I don't know at all of the existence of the world. I have completely divested myself from the world, and I only know about godliness. And then, after I daven, when I come into the world, just like Noah, it says he saw a new world. So too, that's how it's supposed to be every day. When you daven, I don't know how that's possible to do when you're daven with your phone. You're, you know, there's nothing else besides Hashem, nothing else besides Hashem. I'm just talking to Hashem, and then you see that uh, pop-up of the WhatsApp new message, or what was that? Even if, you, even if you don't answer it, you're still conscious of, of uh, other things going on. Never says when you dive in, it has to be there's nothing else going on. Never doesn't mention it in, in this. So you got to turn your Wi-Fi off, and you got to turn your cellular data off. We use the app itself. Uh, Rabbi Rabashkin put it this way. He says, everyone has their cell number, right? Everyone is, he's, you know, he was in prison. So he looks at our cells as our, as our prisons. And he says, listen, the most your phone could be is Klippas Nega. It's not Kedusha. The most it could be is a tool for holiness, but not actual holiness. You hold a Siddur, you're holding holiness in your hands. It does something. So, but more importantly, when you daven, Debra says, you shouldn't, it should, it should be nothing else in your mind. Totally like a child, all there is is godliness. And when you do it that way, then the world around you looks, looks different. It looks like a new world. Like it said about the Baal Shem Tev, that before davening, he was concerned uh, whether or not he will still remain alive after davening. He wasn't certain that he would remain alive because of his great yearning to cleave to Hashem, he thought that maybe you know this will be his last uh, last thing he's doing. Some of the students of Baal Shem Tev there mentioned elsewhere they would actually write a will and testament. They would you know they would touch up on their will and testament before they davened because they didn't know where they were going to go. So in order that the Torah and Tefillah to be that way, the way they're supposed to be, that's the way it's supposed to be. So I may daven with the Siddur, but you know it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. In order to do the way the way, the way it's supposed to be, you need Hashem's assistance. In order to get Hashem's assistance, the Rebbe says, that's by devoting yourself to another Jew. Then the Torah says, uh, 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 the, will, the wealthy man, the poor man meet, and God illuminates the eyes in them both. When the rich man meets the poor man, and he, illum- and he gives the poor man, which also means spiritually, someone who knows more helps someone who doesn't know as much, then God doesn't only, isn't, not only is the poor man illuminated by the experience, but the rich man as well. The one who knew more is also illuminated. So, so when we go into the ark, after you've assisted someone else to get into that ark, 
then, then your davening is going to be different. And when your davening is different, then your life is going to be different. So that's the idea of closing, God closing the door behind you. You walk into the Ark of Torah. You walk into the Ark of, of, of Prayer. And you may not get it. It's possible you could be your whole life learning and davening and never get it. So the says, in order for you to get it, you have to help another person. We find something else. That Noah didn't just bring into the Ark his family. He also brought in animals. What is the message for us? We spoke about the message of God telling us of, to bring our family in the ark. We said that the wife means all Jews, every Jew is a recipient. But what's the message from the fact that God told Noah to bring the animals in the ark? So, whatever exists in the world, which you know that without your influence is going to be destroyed, it's going to be lost, you have an obligation to bring it into the ark. In order to, you need to save it and lift it up to godliness. If you think that it has no connection to you, it's against the fundamental teaching of divine providence. And since God brought you to know that there's something that's going on, and this exists, and without your influence, it's going to be lost, it's going to be destroyed, that's in order that you should elevate it, you should make a difference. If I know about something and I'm able to make a difference and I don't, I, and I say it does nothing to do with me. Why did God tell it to me? So, so, so the Rebbe is basically saying that, that the idea of bringing the animals in the ark means that it's, whatever is going on in the world that you know about and you're able to help um, is, is, and is, is relevant. Otherwise, Hashem wouldn't have shown it to you. And then by doing what you can to bring the animals in the ark and the people in the ark, then you merit to have the assistance of Hashem to go into the ark until the Torah says, The Torah describes the shape of the ark and the, uh, uh, the size of the ark. The Torah uses the words, It has to go up into an ama above. So we go, go in, in a pointy way on top up until it reaches the space of a cubit, which is one and a half or two feet. So the word ama, which means cubit, is also an acronym for the words Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, our God, the King of the world. Through our God, through God being the King of the Jewish people, He becomes the King of the world. Techalena Momayla, Techalena also comes from the word vessel. The vessels to earn a living are given to us from heaven. Not only do we need to um, uh, not only do we need to um, rely on Hashem to fill those vessels, but also the very vessels themselves are something that God gives us. What, what that means is that not only uh, do, do, do I need to, let's say, um, uh, make my effort to earn a living, uh, whatever my craft and business and occupation is, in order for me to even know what that is, to know what my occupation is supposed to be, to find the occupation that I'm supposed to be involved in, that is also something that God gives me. God gives me, gives me the vessels itself. Until so by doing so by, by assisting others, we merit this blessing that God gives us the vessels that's itself to earn a living. Until we reach the blessing, as the Torah says, I will give you my rainbow in the sky. The word rainbow, the Torah says, is associated with God himself. The word keshes comes from the word connection, and it's something which is associated with Hashem. So that it doesn't mean that rainbows are holy. It means that um, 
the, a, a rainbow is something that the Talmud says has a similarity to Hashem, that which in our discussion, what the word is saying is that if you go in the ark and you're in your family in the ark, and because you're doing that, you merit God's blessing that He closed the door behind you, which means spiritually that you're learning Torah, you're diving in the way it's meant to be. And then we said that causes that when you finish diving, you finish learning, you go out in the world and you see a different kind of world. And not only do you go bring your family and all the Jewish people into, that, into the ark of prayer and Torah, but you make an effort for all the animals, which means that whatever's going on in the world you're concerned about, which never doesn't say clearly uh, what that is referring to, because I think because it, this is referring to anything, anything that's going on, that you're able to make a difference. Uh, that's going on, you, you need to be concerned about it. Otherwise, Hashem didn't show, wouldn't have shown it to you, uh, to you personally. So, when you do that, so you merit you merit to have the blessing, in financial blessing, that Hashem will give you the vessels for your finances. And you also merit to crown God as a king of the world in what way? In a way of a rainbow. What, what that means is that you make the world a home for Hashem. The, the rainbow, the word rainbow over here is just a reference to Hashem. And I just want to be, clear, be very clear, we don't worship rainbows. Just the, the meaning of the word rainbow here is a reference for Hashem. And so as a result of your efforts to bring yourself and your family and uh, the world into the place it needs to be, you merit to, to make the world a home for Hashem. You merit to have the rainbow and the cloud, which means you're able to fulfill God's purpose in creation. Elsewhere, the Rebbe quotes the Zohar, where the Zohar says that a rainbow is a sign of Mashiach, and how that fits with the simple meaning of a rainbow is a different discussion, but, um, but the, the, basically what the Rebbe is saying is that your efforts, it's, this, is a, this is about the bottom line. This, this, this is what life is about, about bringing Jews into the ark, helping the Jews get involved in Torah and prayer, and not just Jews, also non-Jews, and all the world around you, whatever, whatever, whatever you're able to do, whatever whatever you could fix. And that brings a blessing from Hashem for all good things. L'chaim l'chaim, we have good to Any questions or comments or criticism?